All right, everybody, it is time for our Thursday Night Football Breakdown on this Thursday episode of Max Sports after we break down probably the worst Thursday night game of the season between the Chicago Bears and the Washington Commanders. That will lead us into this week's NFL picks. So we got a full episode for you. Let's get it started today. Now, I know I talked a lot of trash in the first intro of this episode, pretty much saying that this Bears and Commanders game is not going to be great. Now, I still will go through it. I'll still give you a prediction, but I will say when it comes to the actual games, there are very few times where I feel like primetime games this season have been very good. They've been getting a lot of big markets, And they're not really looking at the scenario for some of these teams. Unfortunately, I think going into the off-seasons at times, they look at the big market teams, and it's just a media machine of hype the entire off-season. And then that leads to these teams always getting primetime games. Perfect example, the Chicago Bears, they're playing in a primetime game despite being one of the worst teams in all of football this season. The Washington Commanders have just kind of been a weird middle team that has looked good at times and has looked terrible at times. Let's talk about how we've seen the New York Giants on primetime twice this season now. And you want to know a fun fact about New York? Despite having a win this season, their offense has never been on the field with a lead this year. Yes, in four games. How about the New York Jets? I know nobody was expecting to see Aaron Rodgers get hurt in his first game of the season, but man, I don't want to see the Jets in primetime anymore. We keep putting these big brands and big markets on primetime, and the games are never good. I mean, I don't want to see back-to-back nights where the Jets play Sunday night football, the Giants play Monday night football, or vice versa. That happened the first week of the season. So I'd like these big market games to kind of just politely F off because I don't think they're ever very good. Uh, We've seen the Giants get beheaded twice on TV now. We've seen the Jets do something, if you want to call it, uh, football on on primetime TV now. And now we have the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. They're big markets. Are they going to be able to put a good showing out there? I don't really know. Coming into this game, the stories around Chicago would be that everyone is fighting for a job, even Justin Fields. The problem with Chicago is that they just look dysfunctional on all ends. They have drama off the field. They have drama on the field. Their their head coach seems to be a bonehead, Matt Eberflus. Uh, Justin Fields has not looked comfortable in his own shoes the majority of this season until his last game where he had career highs in almost everything in the NFL. Over 300 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, was running the ball a little bit. This is the Justin Fields that people have been waiting years for, and they finally got it. However, he had a usual patented uh, interception to ruin the game against the Denver Broncos. When it comes to the Bears, their defensive coordinator has been fired for off-field legal issues. Um, Justin Fields has complained about the coaching decisions in the media. Chase Claypool, a receiver that they ended up giving a late first-round pick for, 
a couple of years ago has now been pretty much dismissed from the team and told that he was a healthy scratch because of his effort on the field. It is a mess in Chicago. And I don't really know what the Bears are doing right now. The best thing they could do so far in this season would be have Justin Fields show some highlights, play a little bit better, maybe be used in the run game more, and hopefully see that the defense that they spent so much money on start to get some stops. I liked the Bears offseason. I was a little worried, though, on their over-reliance of free agents to fill holes on the defense. There's no guarantee that they're going to all play together well. There's no guarantee that they're going to, you know, all work together, all stay healthy. They're all vets. So it doesn't look like it's been a well-oiled machine to start. And honestly, at this point, the Chicago Bears are just trying to avoid an 0-5 start. Let's jump to the other side with the Washington Commanders. The Commanders have just kind of been a middle-of-the-pack team the last couple of years. They've snuck into the playoffs with uh, like a nine-win season back during COVID. Um, other than that, they've just kind of been a middle-of-the-pack middle team. And uh, now they have this new quarterback that they drafted last year, and he's finally getting his opportunity to start in Sam Howell. Sam Howell seems to be okay. Uh, he kind of has a similar play style in my eyes to like a, a Baker Mayfield. Um, he doesn't need to like just manage the pocket. He can kind of run around, improvise a little bit. I I think he's doing okay for a rookie in, in my eyes at least. Uh, they have some good weapons in Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. Um, oh, why am I blanking on his name now? Robinson, the running back. He, um, he has been doing really good as well for this team. Brian Robinson Jr. has been a really tough runner. I'm glad he's been able to recover for a lot of people. I don't know if you remember this, but Brian Robinson was a running back that actually got shot last year and missed games. Um, he was able to recover and, and come back and be healthy. So I'm very glad to hear about that. When it comes to the expectations for this Commanders team, you have to believe it is playoff or bust. Ron Rivera has now been there for several years, and they haven't been able to get over the hump and start winning double-digit games since he's been there. Yes, they've won a division, but when it comes to actually doing something, winning playoff games, I don't think anyone's really looked at the Commanders as a team that could do that. I think this could be their prove-it year depending on how Sam Howell plays. When I see a weakness on this team, I think the defense is okay. Um, this, I think the defensive line is their main strength. I think their secondary is a little, they're talented but inexperienced. Um, and then when it comes to the offense, I think Sam Howell is going to give you a play of a rookie quarterback. So some days he'll play great, some days he'll struggle. I think the run game's okay. And I think they have some solid weapons. Not amazing, but I mean, Terry McLaurin's a very skilled receiver. The weakness I definitely see on this Commanders team is the offensive line. I think it has forced Sam Howell to make some boneheaded decisions, whether it's fumbles, interceptions, turnovers, bad passes, and they need to have a better offensive line uh, play when it comes to this upcoming game. I think both teams, honestly, have very, really bad offensive lines, so you're pretty much going to have to see a defensive battle of which team can pressure the other quarterback to make mistakes more. And boy, do both of these teams or both of these quarterbacks make mistakes. One of them's a rookie, and one of them is Justin Fields. A fun fact that they actually mentioned during the Chiefs and Bears broadcast, uh, this was one that I think a lot of people should listen to. Uh, 
when it comes to quarterback time, when they snap the ball, they count how long it takes a quarterback to hold on to the ball, make a decision to throw the ball. Justin Fields and Patrick Mahomes have the longest amount of time held onto the ball before a throw. The only problem is Patrick Mahomes usually has a couple Pro Bowl guards, tackles, and a center in front of him, and Justin Fields has none of that. He holds onto the ball way too long at times, whether that means he misses a guy that missed a route, or maybe that means he holds onto the ball too long and takes a bad sack or fumbles or gets pressured and throws a pick. It means he's waiting longer than it takes for the play to develop, and he's either not seeing it or he's just trying to improvise and he doesn't really think of what's happening. It feels like sometimes the game is moving too fast around Justin Fields. And the similar thing can be said about Sam Howell. My only defense for him is that this is his first year starting. So I can't really rip on a guy too much that this is the exception for every rookie quarterback. Justin Fields has now been a starter for two and a half years. So we'll have to see what is the real balance between this. I would like to argue and say I'm really hard. Like I'm hard on Justin Fields. I've ripped on him a lot. I, I do think there's talent there. Like he will play games like last week against Denver where you go, man, the talent is there. I see it. And then he'll make boneheaded plays and cost his team the game. Holt stay in the pocket too long and fumble. That's what he did last week against Denver. So when it comes to Justin Fields, I think he is the better quarterback in this game. Not by much, though. I think they should have better weapons. I like DJ Moore a little more than Terry McLaurin this year. And I do think I like the run game of Fields and Khalil Herbert if they actually use it correctly. One thing that's weird about this Bears team is they've stopped running the ball they, they with, with Fields. Last year, Fields had 1,000 yards on the ground. He was almost a, a Michael Vick 2.0, if we want to say that. Except, you know, he, he was more athletic. He, he could run better. And um, they haven't been doing that with him. Now, he has improvised runs sometimes. But when it comes to designed run plays, I haven't seen it at the level that I would have liked to. And I don't know if it's because they don't respect the actual run game with Khalil Herbert, uh, with the loss of David Montgomery going to Detroit last year, or is it that Justin Fields is not doing that in the offensive system anymore? It's weird. I can't remember if it was Fields or other quarterbacks. I know I remember hearing it once upon a time with like RG3 when uh, he was a quarterback for Washington. They were using him a lot in run games, but eventually he wanted to be more of a passer and didn't want to run and get hurt all the time. Maybe that's the case with Fields as well, but who knows at the end of the day. Both of these teams have had nightmare scenarios happen at times. The Commanders have been blown out by 30 against the Bills, and uh, the Bears have absolutely been trounced in most games they've played this season or choked them away. I will give you a prediction for this game. It's tough because I I do think it'll be a closer game than people think. Usually, it's, it's a very rare scenario where NFL games aren't close. I'd like to take the commanders in this one probably by about three or four points. Uh, That's as much as I trust them. Again, the rookie quarterback is always a worry for me, but you know what? He's already won two games, and he went to overtime against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road last week. So I like the commanders to win this one and get to three and two on the season, and that will unfortunately drop the Bears to 0-5. We'll finish the rest of my picks for this 
week, uh, week five, I believe we're already in. Wow. It's crazy. Um, we will get all the picks for week five in our next segment. I just need to take a quick break real quick. We'll be right back. All right, it is time for the picks. Remember, everybody, every Thursday I go through the whole list of NFL games and may give you my picks. Last week I actually did pretty well. I believe it was 12 and 5 or 12 and 4. Let's see. One, two, three, four. So 12 and 4 we went, which was actually pretty impressive. The only ones I got wrong, the Steelers, I changed my mind and let the Texans, I had the Texans pick, I changed my mind. You can listen to that episode if you really want to. Um, I thought the Cleveland Browns were going to be good, but Deshaun Watson was out. I thought the Bengals were a legit team, but they're frauds. And then I thought the Atlanta Falcons had a better overall team around Desmond Ritter than the Jaguars, but Ritter apparently doesn't like winning football games. On to week five, though. Let's see if I can do even better than 12 and four. I already picked the Washington Commanders in the previous segment, so we're on to the Jaguars and Buffalo Bills in London Town. This game is at 9.30 a.m. on NFL Network. Isn't it great to just have, like, breakfast and football together? I feel like we need to do this every uh, every week, but I'm going to take the Bills on this one. They have been destroying teams. No team has stayed within 30 points of this team in three weeks now. I, I like Jacksonville, the fact that they got a much-needed bounce back win, but I'm just taking, I'm taking Buffalo right now. They've looked like the better team more times than not this season. On to the next one. I got the Houston Texans on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. This one's going to be at one o'clock on Fox. I'm taking Houston. I absolutely love what CJ Stroud's been able to do on this season. He's been one of the best rookie quarterbacks. He's breaking rookie records left and right. He has yet to throw an interception. Desmond Ritter's doing that every game. It feels like so I got to take Houston in this one. Yes, it is a road game, but you know what? I like C.J. Stroud, how he's playing. Give me the Texans to win this one. Moving on to the next one, we got the Detroit Lions hosting the Carolina Panthers. This one's at 1 o'clock as well on Fox on Sunday. I'm going to take the Leos in this one. Give me Detroit to win. I just think the roster is a lot better. I think that the talent on the team is better, the weapons are better, and the defense is better as well. Bryce Young has struggled a lot this season, and I don't think it's all his fault. The offensive line is very poor at times, and I think that the Detroit Lions team that has forced 12 sacks in the last two games is going to be hungry to try and continue doing this again in front of their loud home crowd. Give me Detroit to win this one. Moving on to the next one, we got the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what to think about the Titans yet because there's times where... They look like the team that still wants to win the division, but then they still look like a team that should probably start a rebuild at times. I think they're lucky that they're in a very weak or young, inexperienced AFC South. Everyone's tied right now at 2-2. Two and two. Texans, Colts, Titans, and Jags. So this is a must-win game for both teams if they want to have any implications when it comes to this season's playoffs or division race. I'm going to take Indianapolis at home. There have been reports, and again, I'm going to have to make assumptions because I'm not going to be able to change these picks later, but there have been some beliefs that Jonathan Taylor could return for the Indianapolis Colts this week. I'm not banking on it. I still would pick this team even if he wasn't, 
but I just think that this team's been a little more consistent, and I like Anthony Richardson a lot. I think he could do really good for this Colts team. Um, so I will pick the Colts to win this one. Moving on to the next one, this is probably the easiest pick of the week. The Dolphins hosting the Giants. This is at 1 o'clock on Fox as well. I mean, the Dolphins are going to win this one. The Giants have looked pathetic in any big meaningful game outside of having to make a comeback against the Arizona Cardinals. Again, the Giants have had have yet to lead in a game with their offense on the field this season, so their offense is always playing from behind, and their defense has not been as good as people have imagined this year. I think the Dolphins win this one pretty handily. Give me Miami. Up to the next one. This, one's a, this one was kind of a hard pick for me. The Saints and the New England Patriots. I think I will be picking the Saints in this one, even though that is on the road, just because I think that the reliability of Derek Carr, even if he is injured, is probably still a little better than whatever you're going to get out of Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi, the Patriot quarterbacks. When you say quarterbacks, that means they don't believe in either one of them, and I'm just going to take the team that has the starting quarterback. Give me New Orleans, even though I have not loved this team a lot of times throughout the season, and I feel like they, they should have chances to be 4-0 and on the season. I feel like they've choked away some games that they should have. Overall, final thing I will say with, with this game, New Orleans is favored by 67% to win on the road, which is has a lot of people believing in them, especially in a road game. The Patriots lost some big players on their defense, Matthew Judon, Christian Gonzalez, both potentially out for the season. You could pretty much say that that was 1A and 1B in importance to this defense. Belichick's a defensive guy, though, and the Saints have not been a very good scoring team this season. So keep an eye on that. This game could be closer than some people want to believe. On to the next one. We got the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. This seems like a game that Pittsburgh will find a way to win somehow. I, I will be honest. They... They have not looked great this season, especially with the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, calling plays. Kenny Pickett might be out for this one, which means Mitch Trubisky could be getting the start this week. I just think that Baltimore is a better team, and they've been playing it better this season. I don't really love anyone from the AFC North this year, though. I'm going to take Baltimore. I think this is a must-win game for Pittsburgh on their schedule because Right now, Baltimore already has wins over Cincy and Cleveland. So if Pittsburgh can beat Baltimore, they'd be at 3-2, and two, and then they'd have the tiebreaker over the team that's currently leading the division. Must-win game for Pittsburgh, but I'm going to take Baltimore. This one could end up being a potential game of the week. I want to keep people's eyes on this one if you get it. Um, I don't know which game is going to be the, the primetime afternoon game from Fox, but I have a feeling that this is, this is going to be the one. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams have been able to survive and advance with a measly 2-2 two and two record because of how they've been playing. They've played three road games and still have two wins. That's hard to do in the NFL. It's hard to win on the road, especially without Cooper Cup, the receiver who put up historic numbers just two seasons ago. He's battled injuries, and it looks like he might be coming off of IR this weekend. The Rams are starting up a three-game home stretch, and against an Eagles team that has drastically underperformed at times throughout the year, maybe this is a trap game. I'm going to pick Philly. They are favored to win. I would not be surprised if the Rams pull off an upset. I think it's a safer pick to pick the Eagles, though, in this one. 
keep an eye though this could be a game that will end the the undefeated streak of the philadelphia eagles matthew stafford is battling some injuries um it'll come down to how this rams offense plays will they be able to get the run going against philly will they be able to get chunk plays on the defense that has been happening from teams that i think are worse than this rams team so there could be a chance that they pull off an upset here, but I think it comes down to the health of Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford. Until I know that, give me the Eagles. All right. Cincinnati Bengals against the Arizona Cardinals. You know what? Give me the cards. Give me the Cardinals. Maybe I'm stupid. Maybe I'm ridiculous. You know what? The Arizona Cardinals team has been healthier this year. They've been playing better this year. I, I Going into this year, I... I will admit, and I think a lot of people will admit, everyone was ripping on Arizona. Nobody thought the Cardinals were a legit team. And yes, they are one and three, but you know what? They've hung around in every game. They played the 49ers better than the Giants have. They almost knocked off the Giants. They beat the Cowboys. They've played every game very close. Joshua Dobbs, a guy that they didn't even have a jersey for, has now come in and become the starting quarterback of the team while Kyler Murray's been out. And they, they've they been very solid, actually. They're at home. They're against a Bengals team that looks defeated mentally. Joe Burrow isn't himself. There's injuries everywhere. T. Higgins might be playing with a broken rib. Overall, give me Arizona in this one. Maybe I'm ridiculous. This might be one I get wrong. But you know what? I like this pick. Give me the cards. I haven't, I haven't picked them at all. And all this season. So give me the Cardinals to win this one. All right. On to the next one. We have the New York Jets going into Broncos country. I'm going to pick the Broncos in this one, even though they aren't favored to win. Which is kind of surprising for me because sometimes home field advantage can be the difference in it. Um, I think that the Broncos should and will win this game only because, I mean, it's a backup quarterback with the Jets. I'm surprised that 68% of the people believe that the Jets are going to win this one. Maybe I'm ridiculous. Maybe I'm dumb. I think Denver needs to win this one, especially if you're going to back up the Sean Payton higher. He's need, he needs to start winning games, and he needs to start winning them pretty comfortably. So I'm going to take the Denver Broncos in this one. I don't like either of these teams when it comes to confidence in them to win games. Like There's some, some teams where it's like, oh, yeah, the 49ers. I don't even have to look at who they're playing, and it's it's a pretty safe pick. I don't think either of these are safe picks. I think both ways they could burn me. You could get usual Zach Wilson quarterback play, or if I pick the Broncos, you could get, you know, Russell Wilson and Broncos country just trying to make people cry again. So I'm getting on the Broncos country ride. We'll see how bad it hurts me this week. Up to the next one, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Minnesota Vikings. If there's one thing that the NFL loves in this world, it's money. And they love the fact that people are watching the Kansas City Chiefs because of Taylor Swift. Now, hopefully she's not in attendance for this game because the last couple primetime games that the Chiefs have been on, man, I can't even count on my hands and my feet how many times I've counted Taylor Swift in the audience. I'm losing my mind with it. It's driving me nuts. There's actually a football game that people are watching that they want to see. They don't want to just see a random chick up in the crowd Every single time, I don't know, I'm becoming a Taylor Swift hater. I don't actually hate Taylor Swift, but man, it, I'd like to watch a football game and and see less Taylor Swift. Like, I'm starting to miss Jackson Mahomes because of this. Um, 
Sorry, Vikings, you're not doing good, and the Chiefs are the most popular team. You're not going to win. Give me Kansas City. This also could be a matchup of the week. It'll probably be marketed as that is because it is the Sunday night football matchup. The San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to take San Fran in this one. This is the reason why, and I mentioned it in my Power Rankings episode. If you have yet to listen to that, listen to yesterday's episode. I think it was a pretty good one. The Dallas Cowboys have forced more turnovers than anyone else this season, it feels like. They have millions of sacks, interceptions, fumble recoveries, scooping scores. They have more touchdowns scored than the Cincinnati Bengals on defense alone, like just defense alone. Now, are they going to be able to force those turnovers on the elite offense of San Francisco? They have an elite offensive line. Brock Purdy's been very safe with the football. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in football, just one of the most dynamic players. They have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. There's weapons everywhere. And this could be a time that truly shows the loss of Trayvon Diggs when you have so many good receiving options in the backfield. Who's going to guard who? Maybe this is the first time that Brock Purdy will face some real pressure, though, as he really hasn't had a lot of struggle so far this season. Overall, I will say, I'm going to take San Fran in this one because I have yet to see the Dallas Cowboys need to score. Like, the only time they have lost a game this season is when the offense has needed to get a score to win the game or or take the lead, then that's the time they haven't been able to do that. They have easy, comfortable wins against the Jets, Giants, and um, the Patriots. None of those teams have good offenses. This is the best offense they've faced this season, better than Arizona. I think that the Niners win this one. Give me the 49ers to beat them Cowboys. And then finally, for Monday Night Football, we will be doing a uh, kind of breakdown of this game on our Sunday episode when we recap all the Sunday games. I always like kind of talking about the, the individual aspects of the primetime Monday game. It's the Green Bay Packers coming into the Las Vegas Raiders. We still don't know the update on if Jimmy Garoppolo will be coming back for this one or if it's going to be Aiden O'Connell. It is funny, when I originally was doing these picks, you can see how the percentage kind of changes sometimes on who's picking who. When I originally saw this week, it must have been people that just like filled out their whole season or something and then came back because originally the Raiders were picked to win this one more than the Packers. Now it's changed. Green Bay is a 76% favorite to win this one, even on the road. The Packers fans always seem to travel well, even though it is in Vegas. And I will also say, I don't feel like the Raiders have any home field advantage in in Vegas. Look at those games sometimes. It's about a 50-50 split. People will travel to Vegas for a weekend just to see their football team play. And actual citizens of Las Vegas... Apparently, I have better things to do than watch this Raiders team. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy. But I'm going to pick Go Pack Go in this one. I like Jordan Love more than Aiden O'Connell or Jimmy Garoppolo. Hopefully, this team can get a little healthier with an extra day off and they're not playing on Sunday to get Christian Watson at full health, Aaron Jones at full health. I, ooh, excuse me. I will say, if there's one concern I have for the Packers, it's the offensive line. Since the injuries of David Bakhtiari, they have given up six sacks to the Detroit Lions, which was not a very good look by any means. 
I think that they need to get that offensive line that has protected Jordan Love well through the first three weeks of the season back in this one. I think this is a get-right game. I think the Packers win this one and get to three and two on the season. So those were the pat picks. Let's do one more recap. We got the Commanders, Bills, Texans, Lions, Colts, Dolphins, Saints, Ravens, Eagles, Cardinals, Broncos, Chiefs, Niners, and Packers. Um, my tiebreaker, I'm going to pick 42 total points scored in the Raiders and the Packers Monday night game. I always feel like these primetime games are a little lower scoring at times. Um, even when there's a blowout, I still feel like one-sided games like with the Seahawks and the G-Men. What was my tiebreaker last week? I said about 34 points, and I wasn't that far off. There were only 27 scored in that game. It was a pretty one-sided victory by the Seahawks. So keep an eye on that. See if my score holds up. Overall on the season, I'm 41-23, and 23, which isn't too bad. Um, there's always a couple upsets I get wrong here and there every week, but I think that these are some solid picks. I can't wait to see how they end up happening. When it comes to my Pick'em League, I have some fans of the show playing along. Um, we have two people that I think thought it was an only one-week game because they're still at 9-7. and seven. But other than that, we got um, one Pride 85 still leading at 44-19. and 19. It's going to be hard to catch up because there's always going to be some easy gimme picks. Um, so sometimes you got to pick those that the other person isn't going to. So I have to see if I can get different picks that also hit, which is going to be hard for me to come back from a three-game deficit. But it's very fun to see how this has been going. That'll be the end of the episode today. My name has been Max. This is Max Sports. I will see how the uh, – well, let's see together how this week of football takes place. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about college football. I will give you my college football picks, my biggest stories going into this upcoming week, what teams are doing good, what teams are probably going to fall off from the unbeaten, um, I guess, hype train, I guess. We have a couple unbeaten matchups. Oklahoma, Texas, the wed wiffle wifle as Elmer Fudd would say. We also got Maryland, Ohio State. Is this the year Maryland is legit? They are undefeated still. Um, there's a lot of undefeated matchups or big ranked matchups. Michigan, or not Michigan, um, Georgia and Kentucky. And then you have the little brown jug between Michigan and Ohio. Or Oh my goodness, Michigan and Minnesota. I'm losing it today. So we have undefeated matchups. We have ranked matchups. We'll have to talk through all of that as we get into tomorrow's episode. My name is Max. This has been Max Sports. I'm out.